golly gee, if this is not the most remote podcast out of all podcasts that are remote, you would be factually incorrect. We have the wind blowing, the trees blowing, the pools are swimming. Welcome back to the Mario Matter, your favorite Nintendo news podcast, episode number 38. We have a bang of news week, despite not being in our typical location of my room, at my desk, in my chair. We are... We won't say where we are, it's rather specific, but banging news week, we have Splatoon 3, brand new season revealed. We have the Nintendo president himself on the next console, talking about that, talking about the Switch. We have your good old Tears of the Kingdom news on Amiibo, on merch, all the ratings came out. We'll discuss all of that as well. And yeah, I want to discuss... Okay. <laughs> My first remote podcast, setting this thing up was next to a nightmare. Uh, I had to switch the microphone position like five times. Uh, audio could be a problem. It shouldn't be. There were like some trash trucks just dumping trash, making a lot of banging sounds. Like it was pretty bad trying to set up all the audio and everything. But it is us. We're here. And we're still bringing you the Nintendo news even on vacation. Might have to remove the hoodie. It is getting rather hot. Anyways, no intro, what you're here for, even in a remote setup, we get right to the news. Let's get to the headline segment, where we go through Nintendo news that is not gigantic, but also not mini. Let's go. Dude, I should consider being a meditation podcast. I mean, this is so peaceful. All right, hoodies off. You know, we're not we're not doing that. It's a good, like, what, 75 degrees out? Who knows? I have all my notes right here for the podcast. So the headline segment, I'm not calling it reading headlines anymore because it just sounds so basic, reading headlines, that's a segment. No, this is the headline segment where where we go through tons of news from the past seven days. This podcast is being recorded on May 16th at about 2 p.m. Eastern time. So here's all the news until then. This is being posted on Wednesday. So that's where all the news is from. We begin with May 10th when the last podcast was posted and I did not cover. So so May 10th here, we have quite some news. Now, is there a better system where I can scroll down this dang Google Doc? Because like I have to just press this dang arrow. All right, here we go. Nintendo survey beginning here. There was a survey put out by Nintendo where they were asking fans what type of game they would want Pikmin 4 to be. All right, so reported by Andy Playtonic on Twitter. There was a survey sent out, yeah, landed in my inbox. Seems it's doing some research on how to try and get Pikmin 4 to actually sell this time. And what this is, is there are two options for this survey. There's a one and a five, and then all the numbers in between. So let's say, for example, it's kind of hard to explain. Let's say one option is red, and then the other one is white. Which one do you like more? There's one, two, three, four, five, five options to choose from. Red is on the left, white is on the right. If I chose one from left to right, that would mean that I choose red as my number one answer. If I choose five, that means I choose white as the number one answer. If I choose three, I'm kind of iffy. If I choose two, mainly red. If you kind of get the point there, whatever number you choose closer to the option is kind of what you want. So there are one to five numbered options, and I'll put it on the screen for our video listeners. One of them being 
do you want a relaxing atmosphere or a challenging atmosphere? So then you'd obviously choose between one to five on what you would want, five being challenging atmosphere, one being relaxing atmosphere. So here are these survey questions that were asked. That's one of them. And then you would go on to cute creatures or cool slash scary creatures, strategic gameplay or action gameplay, varied gameplay styles or traditional Pikmin gameplay, looking after my Pikmin or fighting alongside my Pikmin, complex gameplay or simple gameplay, or battling gameplay or exploring gameplay. So between all of those two options, you would choose which one you want. And that's how that, that, you know, that would work. And I guess, I mean, it's a little bit late to change any kind of development for that game, considering it's releasing in July. I wonder if it's, if it's for the next Pikmin game. But yeah, it just wants to know what kind of game you want a Pikmin 4 to be. As I said, I don't know how you plan on implementing that as you're two months out from the game's release. Actually, to be exact, around 65 days out. So yeah, no time there, but Pikmin 4 survey was out there and they wanted to know what you like best. Honestly, I kind of just want a traditional Pikmin game. I hope it's not super different, but I'm also open to anything. So I don't, you know, I'm not really minding what the deal is here. My phone is low battery. See, what kind of operation are we running here on the Mario matter? <laughs> Anyways, Pikmin survey was out there. I doubt it means anything, but if it does, you heard it here first, or maybe second, or, you know, who knows. Next, also announced on May 10th, we have three new characters coming to Pokemon Unite. Yes, guys, Pokemon Unite in 2023. We are covering all the bases on the Mario Matter. You get every single ounce of Nintendo news. No fear here that, that you are missing out on anything. We only wouldn't include things that literally make no sense to report. So, like, for, for example... A Zelda trailer came out the other day. There's articles about it. Like, it's, it's, it's nothing to report. Sorry. It's a commercial with people playing the game. Like, what, what, do you want me, what, what do you want me to say? It's a cool commercial? Like, that's it, you know? So, otherwise, we have Pokemon coming to Pokemon Unite. Three new ones. That being Umbreon, who is coming on Thursday, May 25th, 2023. We then have Leafeon two weeks later on Thursday, June 8th. 2023 and then we have Inteleon. I hope I'm saying that right. I did not Google how to pronounce the name. No release date on Inteleon. I hope I'm saying that right. If not, I'm look stupid. But considering how close those two dates are beforehand for Umbreon and Leafeon, I won't imagine that Inteleon will take too much longer to arrive to the game. I imagine that'll be this summer. Uh, considering the last one, Leafeon is on June 8th. Umbreon is on May 25th. So, Inteleon, I could imagine, would be here in July, but, you know, who knows? If they have no date, then it could be even longer. So, with that, we also have more Pokemon Unite news. The Eevee Festival is coming to Pokemon Unite. I could not tell you what an Eevee Festival is, which is why I have copied and pasted the entire explanation from the Pokemon site itself. So, allow me to read you a five-star essay from the Pokemon company. Eevee Appeal O-Rama debuts. As part of the Eevee Festival, Eevee Appeal O-Rama battles will begin, will be available from Thursday, May 25th at 12 a.m. Pacific Time to Thursday, June 22nd at 4.59 Pacific Time. That is, of course, p.m. You know, you, you, you aren't playing at 5 a.m., of course. In this new type of quick battle, all players on both teams play as Eevee evolutions such as Espeon, Umbreon, 
Leafeon, Glaceon, or Sylveon. I'm gonna act like I know all those Pokemon. Wild Eevee will be scattered all over the map with Gigantamax Eevee also making an appearance. Players can also obtain prizes such as Unite License Puzzle Pieces, which can be used to unlock the Unite License for Espeon, Glaceon, or Sylveon once 10 puzzle pieces have been obtained. You also have Matching Fashion with Checkered Style Hollowware. You have adorable matching hollowware for these EV evolutions that will be available in the game. Now, you've got a bunch. You have a bunch of matching hollowware. You have a checkered style Glaceon available May 11th, a checkered style Espeon available May 18th, checkered style Sylveon available May 25th, checkered style Umbreon available May 25th, and then also a checkered style Leafeon available June 8th. Matching hollowware for these EV evolutions available in the game. Go and unlock those. And then we have our last bit of news for Pokemon Unite. Battle Pass 16, a new Battle Pass will, will be available soon via which players can complete challenges and earn rewards. Sunday, June 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time to Thursday, July 20th at 4.59 Pacific Time. Trainers can get Aristocrat-style Mr. Mime and Knight-style Scissor Hollowware along with Knight-style trainer fashion items from this season's Premium Pass. And then more events coming soon. The Pika Party returns Thursday, June 22nd at 5 p.m. Pacific Time to Thursday, July 20th at 4.59 Pacific Time. Everything is going down at 4.59 Pacific Time. And then also, there's an upcoming Pokemon Unite weekend on June 3rd and June 4th, assuming that is a Saturday and a Sunday. Visit Pokemon.com slash Unite. That is Pokemon.com slash Unite. Very simple URL right there. I believe and I hope that is it for Pokemon news. It is, in fact. And then we have Nintendo Switch Online N64 app news. Now, this app has not seen an update since Pokemon Stadium. I believe that was last month in April. And so we have an update on the app. N64 Online, out of nowhere, has been updated to version 2.10.1, and no information, although what we do have is a data miner, no official information, I should say, and then a data miner, there's wind blowing, a data miner has dove into this and says, not sure when, Pokemon Stadium has seen changes to its hacks and added more Lewis script hacks to it. I'm not actually sure what really changed. And then they also said, okay, so it seems Pokemon Stadium AOTNRO was fully recompiled. I heard something about a bug with illegal moves with rental Pokemons. This might be the fix for that. People need to check. Here's the thing. I do not know every game by heart. And I grasped on the only thing that resembled a bug that I was told. It may have nothing to do with this. I have genuinely no idea what it fixed aside from transparency and effects. So nothing really changed with Pokemon Stadium. Just, I would assume, bug fixes. But thank you to Luigi Blood on Twitter for uncovering that. So, that is it for the May 10th news. A little bit uneventful, but also very much cover-worthy. Got your Pokemon Unite. I've not played that game in forever, but we got news over there. They're keeping it alive and in charge. All right, next, we got May 11th. That was, I believe, the Thursday. The day before Tears of the Kingdom. And what happens one day before Tears of the Kingdom? All of the game reviews come out. So the big outlets like IGN, Nintendo Life, Comic Book, 
all these big outlets put out their ratings for the game, 10 out of 10, 4 out of 10, 5 out of 10, you know, all the ratings. So I want to go through all of the ratings or, you know, most of them for these big outlets. Let's, let's run through what these outlets have rated it out of 10 or sometimes even out of 5. I think all the ones that, that we have here are out of 10. Yes, they are. All right, let's begin here with IGN. IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. Video Game Chronicle gave it a 10 out of 10. Nintendo Life, 10 out of 10. Destructoid, 10 out of 10. GameSpot, 10 out of 10. Inverse, 10 out of 10. I'm almost done. God is a Geek, 10 out of 10. Comic Book, 10 out of 10. Checkpoint, 10 out of 10. RPG Site, 10 out of 10. Game Informer, 9.75 out of 10. Just give it a 10. What's the di One shrine was too hard? Come on, like what's the difference there? All right, well, you know, Game Informer, whatever. And then digitally downloaded. It didn't give it a 9.75, not even a 9.5, but a nine. They, they gave it a nine. I think I'm about 12 hours in to Tears of the Kingdom. I think it's a full on 10, maybe even an 11. And then also the score on Metacritic is a 96 out of 100 as of May 16th. So honestly, I was hoping it'd be a bit higher just so it can beat Breath of, Breath of the Wild, but it's not. I, I believe it is one point under. Breath of the Wild is a fat 97, so that's unfortunate. There are gigantic wasps flying around me as I speak. I am staring one down. We better just ignore those before I get stung, but if, if I get stung, it's decent content, but it's also just not going to be fun, so, <laughs> you know. What if the title was M Swizzle Gets Stung by Wasp? See, that's that's just not fun. Anyways, along with that Tears of the Kingdom news, can I use a laptop? Scroll! Why is it scrolling so slow? We have Tears of the Kingdom merch on my Nintendo. It is getting rather close. Oh my gosh, guys. Pray for me right now behind the camera. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's flying away. I almost got stung. It was near the hoodie. We got my Nintendo Tears of the Kingdom merch for North America. So I sincerely apologize to anybody who was not in North America. We have a Tears of the Kingdom glow-in-the-dark keychain that will cost 550 platinum points plus shipping, which tends to be around 8 bucks or so. So you're not really paying a premium fee for this keychain. I assume it's going to be rather small. On there, it is a glow-in-the-dark design. With, you know, it's hard to explain what these Zelda designs even are. It's a hand with all of the ancient text writing and a circle around it. It's on screen. And if it's not, I, th I believe that the middle design is the same design for the wooden plaque exclusive pre-order bonus from GameStop. So if you have that, you can also kind of imagine what that looks like. But yeah, it has the Zelda text, Zelda designs. The big hand in the middle. Yeah, it's very, very cool. So that is exclusive Tears of the Kingdom merch from my Nintendo North America. If you have the points and have the $8 shipping monies in your bank accounts, I would definitely recommend picking that up. Uh, I'm not personally, but it does look very cool if you're into that sort of thing. So perfect. That is it for May 11th. Let's move to May 12th. The most obvious news of that day. Tears of the Kingdom released. I don't think that's really news news, but if you did not know somehow, some way, that is out there. So, I actually went to the GameStop Midnight Release for that game. There's a Wasp. Uh, I went to the Midnight Release. I was doing interviews there. 
that video is up on my channel. Um, so here's the story, actually, actually, you know, real quick. I got there at 9.30 in the morning just to wait until 3 o'clock so then I can buy the collector edition and then come back at midnight and pick it up. So that was a, a, a six-hour wait. And here's the thing. I could have shown up at 2 o'clock and waited one hour and still get the collector edition just because nobody showed up until 2.50. That's insane. I was out there for six hours, but it's cool because I was first in line. And, you know, that was all fun stuff. So I was there. I got the collector's edition. And that unboxing video and the interview video is all up on my channel, M Swizzle on YouTube, E-M-S-W-I-Z-Z-L-E. Go and check it out. So that's all out there. There's a bug on me. And then on the day of the release date. Now, obviously, the, the, the game was leaked beforehand. People were playing it beforehand, but what came out on the release date is a 94-minute speed run for Tears of the Kingdom. 94 minutes. Now, I can tell you that'll likely be beat. The speedrunner is named Gymnast86. You, you know, you would you would have to be a gymnast to do a 94-minute speedrun. You know, tumbling all over the dang Hyrule map. Um, this speedrun speedrun was done for any percent, which means you do not have to collect this or collect that or do this or find this. You know, just get to the goal, beat who I who, who I assume is Ganondorf. Uh, I've not gotten to the end of the game, so I, I couldn't tell you. But it was done in one minute. Oh, sorry, one hour. <laughs> one hour. One minute is concerning. One hour. 34 minutes and 33 seconds, and if you want to watch the speedrun video, I advise you to not, because it contains spoilers as they have to beat the game to do the speedrun. So I wouldn't watch it, you can, but if you want the game spoiled, that's one way to go and get it spoiled for you. So congrats, Gymnast86, I will have to make some kind of updated Zelda speedrun video uh, for my channel, but congrats there. And then... Also, on May 12th, out of all the cool Zelda news that you could have put out there, no, hold on, guys. We have Mario Kart Tour, everyone's favorite game. Who does not like some Mario Kart Tour on the day of the brand new Zelda game releasing? Mario Kart Tour has a Me Tour that was announced on this day on the Mario Kart Tour channel. Now, there are no real details on this, no dates yet. But the Mii Tour was announced as the Bowser Tour is coming to a close. And once again, no details, but, but what we do know is one, it is based on Mii's, it is a Mii Tour. And then two, one track is returning that we know about. The Mushroom Bridge from the GameCube Mario Kart game, Mario Kart Double Dash, will return to Mario Kart Tour in the form of the Mii Tour. So if you like that track, congrats to you. This Wasp is getting very close. Oh my gosh, go away, thank you very much. Um, so Me Tour is coming to Mario Kart Tour. Have a jolly old time. No clue when it'll take place. You can assume maybe sometime in June as the Bowser Tour is in May and it's coming to a close. You can assume June. But once we get the official dates, we will let you know. And then one last piece of Zelda news that happened on, on May 12th. We found out that Xenoblade Chronicles developer Monolith Soft who also worked on Tears of the Kingdom, doing some graphical design and some game development. Now, the official Monolith Soft Twitter account put out, quote, 
the, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, for which Monolith Soft was involved in the contracted development of game design, programming, and graphics, was released by Nintendo. So a very straightforward statement just saying that, hey, this great game that you just bought, yeah, we helped work on it. So they, they have to take credit, but Monolith Soft, you know, I would trust them working on Tears of the Kingdom as I've not played a Xenoblade game, but I heard that they're very, very good. So I would certainly trust them on that. Uh, you know what? After this segment, we got to plug in the computer. It is 40 minutes remaining. All right, hold on. We got to... <laughs> oh, boy. That's, that is not good. But anyway, anyways, Monolith Soft has worked on the Tears of the Kingdom game. So thank you, Monolith Soft, for making the game super very much so fun. Next, May 13th, not a whole lot of news, but we did get a quote from the Zelda producer, Eiji Alnuma, who is interested in a Zelda movie very, very soon. We got some information from him. He has a quote out there. He says, quote, I have to say, I'm interested for sure, but it's not just me being interested in something that makes things happen, unfortunately. I think it needs to be an anime series for them to do that. Sorry, that's not him saying that. That's, that's me saying, I think they have to do some anime series. I don't think that you can make a Zelda movie and have it explain everything that it needs to explain. It's way too short. You know, you have Zelda games that are like 100 hours at the least just to beat and get a decent gameplay experience and a feel for the game. So to, to try to explain a bunch of Zelda lore in what I would assume is, you know, a one hour and a half movie is I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think what you do is you make an anime series with multiple seasons and, and, and hundreds of, of episodes, honestly hundreds, like 200, 300 episodes. I think that's what you do with that series. I think it would be a hit, honestly. And if it's, you know, decent enough, if the quality's there, it'll be a success, I believe. So with that kind of series, with all that lore and all that story and all those characters, I think you have to make a Zelda anime series and bring back everybody. Bring back Girahim, bring back, you know, what's her name? Shoot, the the, the lady from Sky, uh, Twilight Princess, is it Minna? Minna, bring her back, bring back Fee, bring all them back. I think it'll be a big success, but let me know what you think about that one, because I feel like no one's asking for a Zelda anime series. I think that'll bang. And then, May 14th news, we got word that the Super Mario Bros. movie has surpassed $1.21 billion at the box office. So, the Mario movie actually just released digitally, and we'll get to that later, but... As it is saying it's goodbye to theaters, we got word it has hit 1.21 billion. Now, I believe, yes, that puts it at the fourth highest grossing animated movie of all time. I was hoping that it would beat Frozen 2, which I believe is the highest. But, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Because, like, everyone's seen it. It's kind of done. It's leaving theaters as I speak. Like, ugh. It's, it did great. It was certainly a success, and they should make more movies. I just hoped that it would pass Frozen 2. But here's the thing. That's Frozen 2, not Frozen 1. So if there's a Mario movie 2, might that pass Frozen 2? 
because Frozen gained its popularity with the first one, and then Frozen 2 was what everybody saw, and that's what did you know did the most numbers. I didn't even see Frozen 2. I don't know how Frozen 2 is number one. You know who watched Frozen 2? I don't know. Hopefully, there's no kids listening to me, you know, somewhere out here where they're being offended. But you know, I I did not watch Frozen 2. Uh, I don't know if it's good or not, but the Mario movie should definitely be number one. I mean, who's more popular, Mario, Mario or Elsa? Tell me that. All right, next, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We got news for you there. Now, there was a Terror Raid battle announced for this game, which will feature the Great Tusk and Iron Treads. Now, for a ref- for a refresher, Terror Raid battles are where you team up with three other trainers to defeat an incredibly powerful Pokemon. This Pokemon being Great Tusk and Iron Treads, I would certainly assume. This event will, will begin May 19th and will go on to May 21st. And go grab your Pokemon Scarlet and Violet game. Although the performance is not amazing, you do have an in-game event. I think that we need more in-game events for like, you know, other mainstream Nintendo games because I feel like that, that's what brings people together. Uh, you know, obviously Splatoon does it, and we'll, you know, talk about that later. We have Pokemon who does it, and then, like, not too much outside of that. I guess, you know, you have some here and there, but it's, like, it's not much outside of that. So I think that we need more in-game events, but that's just my thoughts there. And then, after that, we have Tears of the Kingdom. This Wasp has to go away, man. Tears of the Kingdom achieves the second biggest launch in... United Kingdom history for a Nintendo game. That's big. Now, <laughs> your first question is, what the heck beat it? What did better than Tears of the Kingdom? My friends, that would in fact be We Fit. We Fit beat it. Now, that's primarily due to the demand being similar, but it being priced higher because, of course, you have the Wii Balance Board. That's not going to fly. We Fit was still a bigger launch than Tears of the Kingdom. Everybody over there in the UK wanted We Fit. They all wanted. They thought it would revolutionize fitness, and it, you know, never really did. It was more so fun than it was fit. But moving on to May fifteenth, we are almost wrapped up here with the headline segment. Tears of the Kingdom. Speaking of that great game, has sold five hundred thousand physical copies in France. And just, not one, not two, you can kind of assume because it's May 15th, three days after its release, 500,000 physical, and that does not even count digital copies. doesn't count that because they don't put it out right away, and I would assume that digital is the more popular format. Go away, bug. It's the more popular format, so in theory, they might have sold over a million in France, I don't think all the um, all the Frenchmen want to go out and buy a physical copy of this great game. So I would imagine it sold over a million in France, and it's still counting. That was May fifteenth. That was yesterday, as of recording this podcast. So it's probably at, you know at what seven fifty? No, seven hundred. It's probably around there in France. So if you're in France, go and buy the game. Boost up that number right there. And then, also on May 15th, we got word Nintendo is hiring. Now, you know, they're always hiring, but they're hiring 
for more than 45 positions just in Washington State. So if you live up there, I believe it's going to be the Redmond office. Now, most of these job listings include software and game development. So if you're into that, this could be, you know, the opportunity for you. There's also marketing and a whole lot more. Now, here's why I bring this up. Now, I saw an article bring this to my to my attention. I'll link it in the description. There are so many benefits that I did not even realize when you work at Nintendo. Some of these, actually all of these, <laughs> are health coverage, a wellness program, tuition reimbursement, parental and family time for new parents or caring for immediate family, retirement savings, employee assistance if you're facing hardship, family forming assistance, paid time off, 13 holidays and up to 12 sick days, sick days and 15 vacation days. You have the health and wellness center, all employees and dependents, meaning family members are covered on a Nintendo-sponsored medical plan, and all info from that comes from their site. Now, that's a lot of benefits. I mean, it's probably time to go and learn software engineering, honestly. Like, quit YouTube. Quit, quit the podcast. Let's go learn how to, how to create games. Uh, no, no, no. But otherwise, I wanted to bring it up because, one, an, an article brought it to my attention, and then I thought it was very interesting but uh, that is all in the description. If you want to check out the job listings, it's all down there. And then May 16th, our last day of news until we get to our big boy segments. We had the Super Mario Bros. movie digitally released on most all many platforms, including iTunes, Amazon Prime, Google Play, uh, you know, whatever else you're watching your movies on. Now, it's not on like Netflix yet. But it's available to rent and to buy on the platforms where you uh, <laughs> buy and rent movies. So, it is $29.99 to purchase, which honestly, I think is mega pricey. Now, I'm saying it's worth that kind of money. It's a great movie, and, and I, I will pay that. But it's just like, when you look at other movies, like, bro, it's not 30 bucks. Like, it's not that high. But... You know, I'm buying it, and it is worth the money, but you look at, like, I don't know, what was the movie that was in theaters recently? Um, Like, for example, that Puss in Boots movie. Like, is that going to be 30 bucks? I don't imagine that it will be. Is it raining? It might be raining. I don't imagine that's going to be 30 bucks to buy and 25 bucks to rent. It's a good movie, I hear. I've not seen it, but maybe it will be 30 bucks. I don't know. Maybe that's the new standard. Next. Our second to last piece of news for today could be a bit more. Every single Legend of Zelda amiibo has come back up on Nintendo UK. Now, I will quickly check to see if it's back up on Nintendo of America. I don't believe yet. No, it's not. I'm seeing it's not up on the American site. But for the UK Nintendo website, every single Zelda amiibo is back. I mean, including Daruk. Arbosa, the 8-bit Link, Skyward Sword Link, Midna, I mean, everybody is on there. Every single one. So if you're in the UK, Ireland, Europe, you know, all that kind of cool, fun, fun jazz, you can get your Zelda Amiibo. I believe some have sold out. I believe Toon Link sold out. Tears of the Kingdom Link sold out. 
and I think that's it. Now, the only complaint here is that for the for four of the champions from Breath of the Wild, meaning Daruk, meaning your Rivalis, your Mifas, your your Urbosas, those four are all in one pack, and the pack is fifty bucks. I do not like that, Sam. I am now. What if I just want to buy Daruk individually, or you know Rivali individually? You can't because those are likely the worst selling amiibos out of all of them. So they want it to be all in one pack. So if you need one of them, you have to buy all three, all four of them for fifty bucks. Marketing of the century, scam of the century, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's just, it's smart, but it sucks. Because I would probably buy a Daruk Amiibo, honestly. Stop, 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 Wasp, stop, absolutely stop. Do I cut this part out? Because, like, no one wants to hear me, like, be scared of a Wasp, you know? Anyways, that is it. If you're in the UK, assuming they're not all sold out, your Zelda Amiibo is back up, link in description. Then, Pokemon Go has finally done something amazing. They have done something brilliant, and we need to hear about it. Pokemon Go has finally added the Master Ball. The Master Ball. The Master Ball. Not a knockoff, a real one. And so here's what they have to say about that. Throughout Season 10, Rising Heroes, free special research will be available. The final story will begin on May 22nd, 2023 at 10 a.m. local time. Willow's back with some news on Team Go Rockets, latest plans, and a gift. You'll be able to claim the special research until the end of Season 10 Rising Heroes on June 1st, 2023 at 10 a.m. local time. Trainers who complete the research will get a Master Ball as one of the rewards. Receiving a rare and powerful Master Ball is a special occasion. Think wisely about how you'll use it and keep a lookout for future opportunities in Pokemon Go to acquire more. So it seems that you will have about one, one Master Ball, at least maybe, a, I mean, at most a couple. But yeah, they're not, they're not giving you a whole lot. So be careful how you use it. Next time you, you run into a Charizard, you might want to use that. Otherwise... Honestly, for me, that would be kind of a collector's item. I don't really want to use it, but who knows? Maybe I'll pick it up and use it. And then we have extra notes. It's not really like, a, you know, some notes that came out on a certain day. I guess if any day, you can call this May 22nd, there's going to be Nintendo Switch eShop maintenance next week. Now, during this time, you're unable to use prepaid gift cards for the eShop. So, you know, if it's your birthday that day, and somebody gives you a gift card, I sincerely apologize. That must suck, but you can't use that. And if your friend says, oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to just buy you the uh, download code for this game. <laughs> Good luck using that too. You can't use download codes or prepaid gift cards. Now, it does not say anything about buying games. I believe that, that you will be able to buy games, re-download games, but for redeeming things, that's a no-go. If, if you have to put in a code, to get something on the eShop, they can't really do that. So they're going to be doing maintenance on that on Monday, May 22nd, 2023 at 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time, which would then convert to 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. So 
I would say, dude, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern is like prime time for like a, a kid's birthday party. Like what if it wrapped up at 4 and he has all these gift cards, wants to buy the new Zelda game, and he just can't. I mean, granted, it's a Monday. The kid will have just gotten home from from school. So I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of gift cards he's... Maybe he's opening birthday gifts after he, after he gets home. And then he gets an eShop gift card. He can't use it. Like, you have to think somebody's actually going to be affected. Like, we look at maintenance, and we're like, oh, yeah, maintenance. You know, I'm not going to be using that. Like, think about... That's affecting somebody. Like, it, it's affecting Timmy, whose birthday is on May 22nd. He comes home. He opens his brand new Nintendo Switch with an eShop gift card, and he can't even use it. Well, sorry, Timmy, but you gotta got to wait until 6 p.m. Eastern time. Anyways, that is it for all of the headlines news. Let me charge my laptop, and let's get to the bigger segments of today, beginning with the brand new Splatoon 3 season. What do I mean by that? We got this new season name announced. We got new stages. We got new features. New catalog. Oh my gosh, a whole lot of stuff. Let's get into it. All right, we have taken the go from the phone approach where I'm now reading the notes from the phone. So as I was saying, the Splatoon 3 season for this summer has been revealed. So it is called... The Splatoon 3 Sizzle Season. I would assume that is a direct reference to me, M. Sizzle. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, can this wasp go away? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But if you were in my position, you would actually just be freaking out as well. That's just insane. You know, we're trying to shoot a podcast here, right? All right, anyways. So this season begins on June 1st, which is actually a lot closer than it seems like, June 1st is what? Today's May 15th? 16th? It's 16th. June 1st is literally two weeks away or so. And then Pikmin, let me tell you this. Pikmin is about 66 days away, which we said earlier. 65 now, I think. I mean, things are coming very, very soon and faster than I ever thought. So June 1st is right around, is right around the corner. And then we have a brand new stage being introduced in Splatoon 3 during the sizzle season, and that is the Barnacle and Dime stage. Now, I'll put some footage of it up. I thought this one looked really, really cool. And on this new stage, they showed off a few weapons, one being the paintbrush, which is, of course, a variation of the paintbrush. Honestly, when I first saw it, I thought they had misspelled paintbrush. It is paintbrush to inflict pain on your opponents. And then there's also the S-Blast 92, which is, of course, if you could guess, a variation of the blaster weapon. Those are both coming through during the Splatoon 3 sizzle season. And then there's also a returning stage, a returning stage called the Humpback Pump Track that is returning from Splatoon 2 into Splatoon 3. Now, this one I actually like. If you do not remember, it is the, like, I mean, it's kind of what it is. It's kind of like the hump. It's got all the humps to it. It looks like a skate park, skate park kind of stage. I do like that one a lot. And then for Salmon Run, for those who like Salmon Run, that's kind of your go-to mode. We have a brand new stage for Salmon Run that is called Jammin' Salmon Junction. 
I mean, you probably couldn't have thought of a better title to call your new Salmon Run stage than Jam and Salmon Junction. I do like that one. Uh, I'll put some more footage on the screen so then you can kind of see what that is all like. And then we also have brand new battle cards for your battle game in Splatoon 3. I forget what it's called. It was some cool name. Uh, battle, yeah, I, I've not played Splatoon 3 in forever, let alone that mode. So yeah, it's it's been some time. It's been quite some time. Jeez, my gosh, go away. I'm about to cut the podcast. I'm about to cut the podcast. I'm about to, I'm about to cut this dang podcast. Go away. M-Swizzle is afraid of wasps and other sorts of bugs guaranteed. My gosh, do I cut this out or do I leave it in? I'm going to leave it in. Maybe this can be some channel member exclusive, exclusive videos. This is insane. All right. Salmon runs there. Then you have new challenges that are also going to be available. And there's also a new catalog. I mean, everything in Splatoon 3 Sizzle Season is just changing. And honestly, when Splatoon 3 Seasons come out, it's a good day. Like, it's a good day to log on and experience everything and find it all out and play with your friends and just make discovery after discovery after discovery. So the Splatoon 3 Sizzle Season lands I was I was going to say I was going to say launch lands launches on June 1st 2023 two new stages one returning new weapons new catalog new battle cards everything is being brand new in the Splatoon 3 sizzle season anyways I don't want to ramble on about it it's coming through get excited it's coming anyways next we have some more quotes that actually were from last week from the Nintendo president, but I thought it'd be good to fit in in our next segment. Let's go ahead, let's discuss. All right, so as I was saying, for our next segment, we have quotes from the Nintendo president, Shantaru Furukawa himself. He's talking next console and even some Nintendo Switch. So as I mentioned, this came out last week, but I felt it was nice to kind of discuss it now because we discussed the Switch sales last week, and then this week, we can focus on the next console, even though we still have a tad bit of Switch talk in this segment. And so let's begin here. We got three major topics, two from the president and one on the, on the next console. Beginning with, the Nintendo president says that the two-year early Switch announcement was a special case. So if you don't know, the Project NX, the Nintendo Switch, was essentially announced and revealed at a press conference back in 2015, a full two years before it actually released in 2017. And this was very, very early. Like, imagine if they announce a console right now and it's not coming out until 2025. Like, it's very, very early. That's a very early announcement. So, And so he spoke on that, quote, Looking back at the release of information leading up to the Nintendo Switch launch, we announced the NX development code name in March 2015 during a joint announcement with DNA Co. Limited regarding our business and capital alliance as it related to joint development of smart device games and applications and its operation and also the core system. Development centered around Nintendo when we announced our entry into the mobile business at that time. We needed to let people know that Nintendo would be continuing to focus on the dedicated video game platform business as our core business. So I believe that the timing of the Nintendo Switch announcement was a special case. We will provide information about hardware and software at the appropriate time 
for each product and strive to reach a wide range of consumers. So it kind of suggests that whenever we get the next console, it's not going to be that early of an announcement. Maybe it'll be sooner. Now, I've actually written down here the past two consoles or systems before the Switch, the Wii U, was announced June 11th, 2011, and then released on November 18th, 2012. And so that's about a year and a half later. And then the 3DS, the impressive release date, was announced on June 17th, 2010, and then released in February 26th, 2011. So that was not even a year. And so then you have the Nintendo NX, or the Switch, announced March 17th, released March 3rd, pretty much two years later. So two-year early announcements are not really typical for Nintendo, but I guess, you know, as he said, they didn't want it to seem like they're turning into a mobile company, so they kind of had to announce it just to be like, hey guys, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're still making consoles. And so that was what they had done there. And then he was also asked if the Switch could ever see a price cut. Now, I thought this was pretty interesting. Let's go into what he said here. Could the Switch ever receive a price cut? Here's what he said. With regard to hardware, prices for certain materials have fallen, but overall, costs remain high. We must also continue to account for the impact of factors such as inflation and foreign exchange rates. Production was highly impacted during the previous fiscal year ended March 31st, 2023, so we are ensuring our parts procurement occurs far enough in advance to ensure stable production. Even if raw material prices decrease, it will take time for this to be reflected in manufacturing costs. Currently, there are no plans to reduce the price of our hardware during this fiscal year. On the other hand, while we also have no plans to raise prices, the yen continues to be weak and procurement costs remain high, so we will continue to monitor the situation carefully. So, I got bit by like five bugs while, while reading that, but essentially what it is, is things are getting more expensive. I don't think that we'll ever see a price cut, though it would be nice. I think my biggest thing is, you know, they would wanna do that eventually, but as he's saying, things are getting more expensive. So that kind of like, if there's a, a meter on how they how much they, they want to cut the price, it's like it gets a nice boost after the console is kind of out of its time. So after the, ne the next console releases, then you could probably see a price cut. But then that big meter boost is cut down by them saying it'll be more expensive to make. So honestly, if they do cut the switch by a, by a large amount, when the next console comes out, they could be losing money from doing that. So essentially what I'm trying to say is it could be doubtful that the Switch will ever see a price cut. Like, I don't know if it will ever really see a price cut because things are getting, are getting expensive. They kind of need that full 300. Maybe by like 20 bucks or so, they did it with the Game Boy Advance where it was cut from 100 to 80. So they could do something, you know, like that, like 280 maybe. But I just don't know if they would want to do that even just because... They, are they could lose money from that. And then, along with all of that, we got word from the tech company Sharp, who is supplying LCD screens for a new gaming console. So, Bloomberg did an article on this story and mentioned Sharp CEO Robert Wu confirmed this. They are making new screens for a new gaming console. Now, they have not obviously said what company they're working with 
or any kind of details surrounding what console it is or how it'll work or any of that kind of stuff. But it is important to note, this could really be for the Switch as Sharp has worked with Nintendo before. Probably for the Wii U, maybe for the Wii U, maybe the 3DS, something. They've worked with them before. They have a standing relationship. Now, with that, Switch sales are slowing down. It's not a terrible time to get this headline out there for them to say, yeah, we're, we're making a new console. Like, it's not a bad time if you are Nintendo to even just have this, have the rumor flying out there that there could be a Switch Pro, build some more hype. But honestly, like people are saying, yeah, Sharp is making new screens, probably Switch Pro. Here's my biggest thing. Like you have the Switch, you have the Asus ROG Alley, you have the Steam Deck. These are all handheld gaming consoles that have come out recently. And what if Xbox or PlayStation wants to make a new handheld console? What if that's not the Switch? What if it's a Steam Deck OLED? Like, this could really be anything. It doesn't have to be a Switch. It probably isn't the Switch, this whole LCD screen thing. It could be for any console from any company. What are the odds it's the Switch? Well, you have Switch, Steam Deck, Asus, um... Possibly PlayStation if, if the place if the Sony wants to make a new handheld four if Xbox wants to make a handheld five So at the most a one out of five chance that is this is by Nintendo Making these screens or having sharp make these screens for them And it also sounds like Nintendo is nowhere near being done with their next console So is sharp really making screens for a switch pro? I find it incredibly unlikely Ooh, but I don't know. I just don't think it could really be a Switch, and I don't think it's definitive that it is Nintendo. But either way, that's happening. Sharp is making screens for Nintendo. Now, that could be cool stuff. Sharp does not mess around. My grandpa has a dang Sharp TV, and it looks sharp. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It, it looks pretty good. Actually, it's an old one. It looks terrible but i've seen sharps and i believe costco's and stuff and you know obviously they're really quality so i wouldn't mind a sharp screen on my next switch console anything like that but that is it for the nintendo president and his words on nintendo the next console the switch there there was a full q a with him i'll leave the full q a in the description if you want to read everything that he said it is in english it's been translated all of that Anyways, let's get to the best segment of the week with our remote podcast, answering your questions, where I go through and uh, answer your questions. Yeah, let's get to it. All right, so we're pulling from the YouTube app. So basically, I asked you guys on YouTube and on my Discord server, if you want to join that, the link is in the description of the podcast. Do ask me questions for the Mario Matter episode number 38. You all have obviously done that. We have 121 on YouTube and then uh, maybe around 20 on Discord. We're not answering every single one, but I'll go through the top comments and see what I can find and we'll answer your questions. Beginning with the YouTube questions, we'll pull about maybe 10 or so from each. It depends how long they are. So I'll just read in order here. Joe asks, do you think that the old Mii's from the Wii are better than the new Mii's we have from Switch Sports? Love you, man. Keep up the good work and videos. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Um, 
I mean, really? Okay, so in terms of, like, the Switch Sports characters, like, not the Miis in there, yeah, I think that, that the Wii Miis are a lot better if we're referring to the, uh, like, new characters, the, 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 the crazy hair. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm a fan of the original Wii Miis. I don't like the Switch Sports characters, but I do like how you can put a Mii into Switch Sports. I do like that a whole lot. But yeah, definitely a fan of the Wii Miis. Next, Nintendo Mania asks, do you think Miis will be used more often in new games? What about another Mii-based game along the lines of Tomonachi Life or Miitopia? Um, here's my thing. I think that we'll see Miis pop up, you know, here and there. But I feel like Nintendo does not like Mii games for some reason. Because if they did, we'd see a lot more. Now, obviously, they've made games where you can use Miis like Mario Kart, Mario Golf, uh, obviously Switch Sports. But I just feel like it's a dying thing. It's like there's not many series where you can make a Mii game. And when they tried to make Miitopia on the Switch, you know, Miitopia, honestly, has not sold that many copies as you might think. Like, if I Google Miitopia right now, Miitopia, let's search it on the, on the 3D. Actually, no, no, Switch is probably Nintendo Switch best-selling games. Like, I'm telling you, Miitopia is really not a good-selling game. It's like 1 million, you know, which is cool. You know, it's a success, I would say. But it's not like this, like, very amazing-selling game. Like, if we go to Miitopia, which I believe is going to be right around here, it is... I'm at 70. I've not seen it yet. Is Miitopia even, like... Okay, hold on. This could be bad, but I swear... Okay, here it is, here. 1.68 million on, on Miitopia. Like, it's not amazing. And then 3DS, I believe, is somewhere around that same number. But man, Miitopia is not this amazing selling game, but it's a great game. And I love it, you must love it. Here's my thing, it's like, because it's not selling well, like they're about money, as you should be, you're a business. I don't think that they're gonna make a whole lot of Mii games after that. Tomodachi Life did really well on the 3DS. I would say port that, and if that does bad, you're done. No more Mii games. Because unfortunately, you know, we like them, but it's not bringing in money for them, so. Yeah, unfortunate. Next, Nick Lav 4 asks, Hey mate, do you believe that since Tears of the Kingdom just came out, Nintendo will keep us fresh with ports like Wind Waker or even remasters for like a link to the past? Now, I don't think so. I think we'll be lucky to get a Wind Waker or a Twilight Princess. Uh, we'll be lucky for that. It's possible. I would say maybe like as a swan song for the Switch, you put out one of those. Like, maybe right before the next console, just to get that last buy from all your fans. A Zelda game sell. I'd say that's a good final game to release, or at least one of them. Now, I mean, it's it's similar to how they did it with Twilight Princess HD. Twilight Princess was later into the Wii U's life, lifespan, I believe. And uh, I think, yeah, later on you release it, get that last bit of money, and then that's it. But I don't think... Nothing this year, I don't think. I don't imagine that we'll get one of those games this year. I think, yeah, just about like 12, mo 12 months within the new console. I think we could get one of those, but I think it'll be a while. Thank you guys for the questions. Next, Wethan, Wethan, Wethan G asks, Do you think Amiibo are underused in most first-party Switch games? Personally, I feel like they could have done a bit more with, with, with Amiibo in the first-party games that have released in the past two years. But then again, who am I to judge? Exactly. I mean, we, we look at Tears of the Kingdom. It's doing pretty good with Amiibo. 
We look at, I mean, what was what was before? Kirby's Return to Dreamland? Nothing. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush, I don't think, had anything. And I bring that game up because it had knees and everything, but no Amiibo. Uh, it it might have, but I don't remember it having, having any kind of uh, support for that. Um, Smash Bros. does great. Yeah, but there is a lot that doesn't. Like, I was shocked that Mario Party Superstars does not allow Amiibo. Like, that, that was shocking for me. How? Why? You make Mario Party specific Amiibo. You just restocked them. And you cannot use Amiibo as far as I can remember. If I'm wrong, it'll be on the screen and this part will be cut out. But if it's still in here and, and, and you can hear me right now, there's no Amiibo support for that game. Which was, it was so weird. But yes, I, I, I agree. There needs to be more support for, for first party games. Next, Switched Up asks, How much longer do you think we'll have to wait until we get another Nintendo console, honestly, I'm, I'm saying 25. So I think two years. I think that it'll be announced next year. Release maybe holiday 2025. That, that's what I'm saying. Not too much longer. Then Benjamin asks, Hey Max, do you think that Tears of the Kingdom will win Game of the Year? Not even close. I think so for sure. There's no way that it can't. Zero. It's a 96 out of 100 on Metacritic. Most anticipated game of the year. Uh, from the Game Awards. I just don't see a way that it doesn't. Pikmin 4 ain't nothing. Other games got nothing on Zelda. I think it is, for sure. Then, Adrian, I'll pull three more from here. Adrian asks, what do you think the Switch Pro will look like when it comes out, or will it be the same, just with better specs? I think it'll look, it'll look the same. It'll maybe have a different kickstand, maybe a, a different design, maybe sturdier Joy-Cons, but in general, it'll look the same. I think it'll have better specs. I think it'll be able to run games like Zelda and all that at 60 FPS, not 30. Um, I think it'll be able to run 1080, 60 FPS. Just very, very, very strong hybrid console. I think that'll happen for sure. Better specs, but it'll look generally the same. Then, Jerry asks, do you think Amiibos are worth it or not? I think so, but you, I wouldn't buy all of them. Because not all of them are worth it. Uh, my thing with, with Amiibos, and I'm actually about to head to a, to a retro game store uh, after this podcast. Because uh, I'm not home where I am, obviously. Uh, I think Amiibos are very, very worth it if you know what you're buying. I A big thing for me when, when I buy these Amiibos is functionality. What does it do? Is it even worth buying? Am I going to use it a decent amount? Obviously, you won't use it in every single game. But will I use it a decent amount? Uh, does it look cool? Would it look cool on a desk? Do I want that amiibo? Does, do I want that amiibo? Does the character resonate with me? Things like that. Uh, but I think in general, yes, they are worth it for about 12 bucks, 13 bucks, 15 bucks. And then last one, and then I'll pull some from, from Discord. Oct- How do you say this name? Octonomous? Octonomous? Anonymous? Octonomous. There we go. What is M. Swizzle's favorite thing to do when he's not making videos? Uh... Shoot, not making videos, probably just play games, you know, play it like I've been making videos here, like shorts and stuff, um, not outside, I pre-recorded a bunch, and honestly after that, I'm just playing Zelda, hanging out with family, any of that, hanging out, hanging out with family, playing games, or not too much else, that's really it, uh, you know, I, 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 I go outside, this is a rare sighting, you've never seen me outside probably, um, I don't know. We're, we're, we're playing basketball right here last night. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty fun guy, but I like playing games, of course. 
So probably playing games, I would say, is my answer. Then let's head over to Discord. It ain't that cord, it's Discord. Let's scroll up. Let's find some good ones. I believe here we are. Here we are. Let's begin here. Worft asks, M Swizzle, what is the best Mario Sports game? Mario Sports Mix for the Wii. 100%. It's got so many, not, not so many. It has four sports in it. Volleyball, basketball, shoot, volleyball, basketball, hockey, and shoot, yeah. That fourth one is tricky. <laughs> it's got four sports in it, though. That's killing me now. What? What's the other sport? That's killing me now. Oh, dodgeball, dodgeball, dodgeball. Dodgeball it is. Those four. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the best game on the Wii. Uh, not on the Wii. Best sports game, and it is on the Wii. And then the Hollow Turtle asks, if you can name the next Smash Bros. game, I know there probably won't be one. I, th I think there, there will be one. What would you name it? I'd name it Smash Bros. Scrap. We talked about that in a YouTube short. Smash Bros. Scrap is a fire name. I think there will be one. Like, everyone's like, Sakurai, you know, it's his last one. Which could be true. Maybe the last one last one that Sakurai works on. But, like, there is no way they're going to let their third best-selling Switch game series die. There's zero way. It, they're they're going to make one. And Sakurai's not doing every ounce of the work. If he was the only one making Smash Bros. games, maybe. But he's not. He's a big part. I love him. I, I love his work. He's amazing. I I'm not trying to crap on him at all. He's amazing. His games are amazing. I love him. I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that. So there will be one, and I think Smash Bros. Scrap fits the name. Or um, Unless I can be proved wrong. You can find a better name. I don't know. Scrap does it for me, though. Next, Shapito asks, what makes your favorite console special? So, like, the Wii U, for example, what makes that special is the home menu. It's so jolly. You have the nice music, all the Miis running around. You got all the Miiverse posts. You have the jolly, jolly games. I feel like every game on there had its own kind of spirit as well, like Mario Bros. U, Donkey Kong, Tropical Freeze. They all had, like, they were all just happy, you know? They're all just fun. Uh, I don't know. Just the whole Wii U era, era was great. The, the community on Miiverse, uh, being able to share your thoughts on a game on Miiverse. It, it was just all, it was so amazing. All of that that I just named makes the Wii U the Wii U. And consoles, you say, with an S at the end. So 3DS also had Miiverse. I'd say being able to, to customize your entire home menu with themes and everything just really made the, the 3DS yours. wasn't anybody else's. Everybody's got a different theme. Everybody has different badges from the arcade. All of that. I think that's what makes it special indeed. And then next, Cam Games 1256 asks, what character would you want to see in the next Smash game? Aside Waluigi. Aside from Waluigi, I think Birdo is a cool addition. I think Birdo. Birdo, Tom Nook. Tom Nook is a good one from uh, Animal Crossing. From Animal Crossing. And then if I could give you one more, maybe we'll go... Let's go a Zelda character. Let's go... I've not met all the ones in Tears of the Kingdom. <sighs> I mean, it's hard to say because most of the Zelda characters are pretty much... Like, you know, Zelda, Sheik, Ganondorf, Link... I don't know. Somebody from, from Zelda. Someone from Zelda, I think, would be cool. I can't really think about that, though. 
Next, Shapito asks, what are your PC specs? I do not know. I think we actually answered that last time, and uh, I do not know. I know back at home I have an AMD processor. I think I have a 40 series card, but I couldn't tell you very much. Next, Darok asks, can you have Point Crow as a guest? I mean, in terms of like his, his whole Zelda situation, I think it's kind of died down, and he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Like, it's not... He doesn't want it to be. I can tell from, from his videos and his tweets. He can tell. I can tell. He does not really want that to be, like, his thing. He's the guy that got all of his videos taken down. Like, I'm not going to talk to him about, about that. But just, like, in general, as a guest, maybe. I wanted to have a guest on this episode, but uh, obviously I'm not home. It'd be pretty hard to do. So I just didn't do that. Next. Uh, Lavar asks, I sent a question. It's more of a suggestion. So I think you should do the Discord and YouTube questions in different sections for the people who only care about people who want to who want to hear their cue get answered on Discord slash YouTube tab. Okay, that was confusing, but I get what you mean. Like have them in like different segments. I think what I'll do is maybe I should put like a D at the beginning of each chapter and then and then like a Y at the beginning of the other chapters, like, if you scroll through the entire podcast, you can skip around. Maybe, like, a, a D for Discord and a Y for YouTube. I'll figure it out uh, when I make the chapters tomorrow. But that is a good good suggestion. Thank you. Uh, next, CS asks, Do you think Nintendo will ever go back to discs? Uh, I think so. I honestly think so, which is maybe an unpopular opinion. I think they'll go back to discs eventually because like you see playstation and xbox do that and their games look amazing the cartridges are just one they're easily losable two they taste bad three the disc era of nintendo was absolutely undefeated i just really think that they nailed it with the whole wii u and 3ds one being a home console one being a handheld console i think that was the system it just obviously didn't sell very well for them so hard to say but i think discs are a lot better than cartridges. That's just me, though. Next, Super Mario Play U asks, have you ever played Sonic and All-Stars Racing transformed for the Wii U? I have not. I played it on the DS, actually, out of all systems, and it's a fun game. I couldn't imagine how it'll be on the Wii U. Definitely a whole lot better if I liked it on the DS. Fun game, though. Next, Orange Luigi asks, do you think Nintendo will make an N64 Classic Edition? Um, and uh, eventually, eventually, it's obviously on the Switch Online right now, so they're paying, they're making you pay for that, so not anytime soon, I'd say maybe after the Switch, so honestly, like, it sounds like a long time away, but for a console that big, great controller, fantastic games, I think it'll be a while, I think it'll be like 2030, honestly, like, like honestly, 2030, because, right, as I, as I said, they're on the online service. You don't want to put that out in a classic edition while people are still, are still paying for the N64 games. I think you do that next console, 2030, somewhere around there. Even later, maybe, is when you do that. But I think eventually they will. It'll make money. Next, the Hollow Turtle asks, Do you think anything special will be announced in the next Nintendo Direct? Um... It depends when it is. I think, say that we had one in June. I think they're they're announcing a new Mario game for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, Mario game, and then, you know, release it in, like, early 24. I think they could do that. Um, and then something for the fans. Like, I think a Mii game could very well be announced. doesn't have to be Tomodachi. I think some kind of game with Miis could be announced in there. We'll have to see, though. I think one of, one of those two things, because otherwise, like, what do they have? If, if, if it's not Zelda, if it's not, um, you know, Mario Kart 9, if it's not... If it's not one of those, like, what's your next big announcement? It's Miis or Mario, really. Like, you know. Or maybe even Animal Crossing? I don't know. It might be too soon for Animal Crossing. Next, Acid Donut asks, Do you think there will be... That there will be the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom DLC? So, will there be DLC? I think for sure. Not for a while, though. Not for, like, another year, maybe. Maybe they can announce that in the Direct. Uh, I think that's more of, like, a... One year later kind of thing, though. If not two years later. But, yeah. Six More Reasons asks, Is it hard to wrap your head around or weird to think about that you have many shorts with millions of views? Yeah, my uncle was talking about it. He was like, that's like six million people who have seen your face. Now, when you put it like that, it's pretty weird. But it's so cool. It's crazy to even like comprehend. It's so weird. But I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Thank you, YouTube, and thank you all, of course, for making it happen and even watching the, the dang podcast. This podcast would be dead without you. So thank you so much. Next, Cactus Lord Gaming asks, What's better, Xbox or PlayStation? In my opinion, I say Xbox, but PlayStation is also amazing. My choice is just Xbox, but nothing, nothing against PlayStation. I'm not in a console war. I just personally choose Xbox. Uh, shoot. Time limit. Okay, here we go. Since the Switch, asked by the Hollow Turtle, since the Switch is probably the best Nintendo console ever, I could disagree. <laughs> I'm kidding. How would you one-up this, a.k.a. make a console better than, than the Switch? How do you one-up this? You make a more powerful Switch is how you one-up it. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that'll, like, be mind-blowing. It's a, it's a new Switch. But if you make it amazing screen, an even bigger screen sturdier Joy-Cons, maybe even like 4K when docked, I think that's how you one-up it. Now, if, if you want to two-up it, you make a pretty much PS5 or Xbox Series Nintendo home console. That's how you do it. Uh, and then make a handheld to go with it. I don't even totally know. We have to let them figure out figure that out, which is so exciting. Like We can just sit here and they'll figure it out for us. And, and then we just wait. We go and buy it one day. Perfect. Next, the Hollow Turtle also asks, experience with Joy-Con Drift. Uh, experiences with Joy-Con Drift. Uh, never on Joy-Cons. More so on my six-year-old Pro Controller is where I'm getting most of my drift from. Uh, so I've had to recalibrate it, had to clean it out, and it tends to work fine. But you will see some drift on there every, you know, maybe six months of using it. So, yeah, honestly, never on Joy-Cons. But to be fair, I don't use Joy-Cons very often, so I can kind of see why. And then finally, Mr. Sharky asks, Why did you stop streaming on Twitch? Would you ever consider doing it again? So, I was never really streaming on Twitch. What I would do was I would do a restream on YouTube and Twitch at the exact same time. Uh, I did a couple Twitch-exclusive streams back in the day, like late 2021 or early 22. I was playing Minecraft and stuff. Uh, with my friends, and would I ever come back to it? I think for sure. I think if I do, 
I'll play some, like, weirder games, like, you know, sorry, this is not a weird game, but, like, Twilight Princess HD would not fit on my main channel. Like, no one wants to watch that. It's not a newer game. So maybe I would do that over there, or maybe I could do that on my YouTube channel. Guys, comment down below. Would you want me to, to stream any kind of game, any game on my main channel, or keep mainline, mainstream games over, over on the main channel, and then random games on the Twitch channel. I don't even know, but I'll leave the Twitch in the description if you want to, if you want to check it out and follow. Maybe we'll do some streams over there. Uh, it's not active right now, though, so there's that. All links are in the sources and links link. It is all in one paste bin for you. Anyways, that is it for the Mario Matter episode number 38. Thank you all so much for watching this episode. I love you all so much. Time to go, time to go edit this and go to a retro game store. I'm going to go do all of that. Hopefully this all went well in the recording process. No, not, not, not too many sounds. I expect some sounds, but hopefully not, hopefully not too many. With that, I love you all. Thank you all so much. I'll see you all in the next podcast. The, the next one could be remote. I don't know for sure, but we'll see. I love you all. Thank you. Channel member shoutouts. Oh, gosh. Members, channel members. Oh, boy. Channel member shoutouts. Let's go here. Membership. Thank you so much to our channel members. Uh, here we go. Thank you to It's Kate, Carter Crossing, Abraham Belts, Jeremy R, Heisenberg TSG, Kuya Koi, and Phoenix Love 44 for becoming channel members. I appreciate you all. They are all getting early access videos, exclusive videos, unreleased shorts, shout outs like this, and so much other cool stuff. If you want to become a channel member, the link is in the description. With that, I'll see you all in the next podcast. Thank you all so much. I love you. Adios.